Welcome to You Gotta Have Faith. What is faith? In Hebrews 11th chapter 1st verse, the Apostle Paul writes, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It's believing you see white or your eyes tell you black. It's a belief where no one else believes. Dr. King says if you don't believe in something, you'll fall for anything. This is a Christian podcast. This is a podcast about faith. This is a Christian podcast where we share our faith and belief in God and also in mankind. The goodness and kindness in mankind. In today's world, we see lots of ugliness based on racism, misogyny, and age-old grudges. But there is goodness in this world. There is goodness in all of us. But it begins with our belief. you got to have faith. All right, this is our first podcast after Thanksgiving. I hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving. It's December the 1st. Welcome to December. December, and here Advent comes. <laughs> Slippy slide into the new year. Right, exactly. Let's make it a slide. It yeah. <laughs> We've got Craig and Deb. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. And we're going to focus on Revelations, first chapter, verses 1 through 8. But first, um, I will lead us in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for waking us up this uh, rainy Saturday morning here in the Bay Area. But we thank you for the rain. Uh, It'll help uh, the Bay Area, especially California, with all of the fires that have been going on. Uh, We had horrible um, breathing conditions uh, in the past couple of weeks, but now things have gotten a little bit better. So we we thank you for that. We thank you for uh, giving us the opportunity to to spend Thanksgiving with our loved ones and our relatives and family, and we hope that everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and we, we thank you for these opportunities. And um, we just ask that everything that we say and everything that we do as we dive into your word once again will be blessed by the love of you, because everything that we do is based on our love that we have for you. So we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 All righty. So we're going to jump into Revelations, and uh, we're also going to touch the Reclaiming Jesus, uh, the um, the manifesto. We've talked about the Reclaiming Jesus project before. Yeah, yeah. when you look at uh, reclaimingjesus.org, there are several documents that are used for uh, group study, for organizing. Um, there's a lot of different uh, names signed off to this. Uh, people will recognize uh, Reverend Barber and Bishop Curry and great many uh, charismatic Christian leaders mm-hmm. who, uh, who feel as though um, J.C.'s given the wrong, uh, given the short shrift as far as our, our duty here on earth exactly. and yeah. uh, as Christians, as little Christs, which is kind of what it means. It's, um, it's our job, you know, to as put on earth as it is in heaven yeah. and by loving God. And loving our neighbor. Yeah, and we referenced this group in May. Exactly. Uh, when they had the interfaith. Um, yeah, they had a march on Washington. And there's going to be another one, too. Yeah. So, yeah. I believe in January. Is that right? I think so. Early yeah. early, okay. early this next year. Yeah. Hopefully it'll get a little bit more uh, coverage. Mm-hmm. You know. But, uh, and in your church, Craig, um, I know every Wednesday there's a Bible study, and uh, you guys have like a leaflet, and you reference a Bible verse. Yeah, there's a. I think it's kind of if you if you're interested in looking up some resources, it's uh, it's a wonderful uh, uh, companion text with a lot of uh, a lot of different uh, theological points of view. It's called Feasting on the Word, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a curriculum source for teaching. Yeah, and you know and. 
you know, it's it's for adult teaching, obviously, because some of it's a little thick. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but the whole idea is to kind of delve into um, what we're doing. Uh, you, Reg, and Deb, and I are uh, are trying to develop a vernacular. Yeah. That in, in a way in which we can delve into it, you know, into the Word of God. You yeah. See how it can. Uh, it can move us all and the, the world towards uh, yeah. good. And I'll put a link to it. Uh, I'm sure there are those, especially if you are in the Episcopalian faith. Um, because it's good you know, when you read the Bible, you want to have a reference and you want to, let's say, have a study. Um, if you want to know you know, what to focus on, let's say you may not be in a church or um, you may not have a study group or a uh, prayer group or what have you. This is a nice little reference to have, and I know that Craig, you uh, you use that every week. You go to a prayer. Well, yeah, um, I mean, you know, it, gives you, it gives you a different points of view. You know, like we're, we're you know how we break thing, break down verses and kind of like mm-hmm. you know kind of rip it apart and, and look at the different points of view. Mm-hmm. You know, from the different characters. Maybe it's a Christ parable, or maybe yeah. it's a gospel, like we're going to read. Mm-hmm. Today, you know, which yeah. takes place uh, shortly after the death and resurrection. Yeah. And the creation of a of the new church, trying to spread the good news. Yeah. And uh, the New Testament and whatever. Yeah. And uh, so it gives you like a theological, a pastoral, um, uh, homiletical. Yeah. You know, so it's it's resources that mm-hmm. not only a you know a parish or a parishioners would use. It's resources that their spiritual leaders. Yeah. Would also refer to to try and open their minds up. And so it's not just my point of view. Yeah. So let's let's go into it. Okay. So this is Revelations 1, 1 through 8. It's considered the prologue to Revelations. And Revelations was written by the Apostle John when he was a prisoner on Patmos, which is basically a rocky prison like Alcatraz, like our Alcatraz. Mm-hmm. And, and this book was written about 60 years after the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. Um, so... You know, Christianity has grown, but people are starting to be anxious about when Jesus will come and bring salvation. Okay, here we go. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants what must soon take place. He made it known by sending his angel to his servant John, who testifies to everything he saw. That is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is, and who was, and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him and all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And that was um, the NIV version from the International Student yep, Bible. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. 
Mm-hmm. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, I I don't know why I read it. They just it it just makes me. Uh, most yes, very poetic in a way. Yeah. I mean, I, I think because of all the visual Im- imagery, all the symbolism, all the uh, all the the yearning of it. Mm-hmm. You know, to me, it looks like a yearning. And I'm sure that's how the apostles would have felt. Yeah, verse eight of um, Revelation references Daniel seventh chapter verse eleven, and uh, Daniel says, "Then I continued to watch because of the boastful words of the horn was speaking." I kept looking until the beast was slain and the... Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's verse 13. In my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the ancient days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and people of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. So... Revelations, uh, John is referencing Daniel. But you're absolutely right, it's beautiful. Yeah, I can certainly see why, why Daniel would be referenced, because Daniel had all those freaky dreams, too. Mm-hmm. What you does your, your Bible say, that the section about his coming with the clouds? What's the wording there? I didn't bring my Bible. Oh. Uh, the NIV, I have the same wording. What about the, he is coming with the clouds? Now I can read, because I have a... You have a King James, right? I do have a King James, so the King James... I just wondered what, yeah. how it sounded a little different. Um, what, uh, this is verse seven. seven. Verse seven. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, Amen. That's King. That's King James version. Yeah. There's a lot of talk uh, mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. You reference Daniel. This talk after the crucifixion. Crucifixion mm-hmm. about you know. Uh, Apocalypse, Armageddon, or, or, or what a lot of people associate Revelations with, which yeah. is end of days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, even right before um, uh, Christ's betrayal and, and crucifixion, uh, if you look at Mark, um, they're asking him, you know, what's it going to be like? What's it going to be like? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think he, he, he basically says... Um, um, maybe you know we can cross-reference Mark, sure. Mark thirteen, mm-hmm. um, verses one through eight. Um, or no, excuse me. Um, let me find it here. Sorry, sorry. I was looking for it. It's okay. I'm looking for it. I'm looking for it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Mark thirteen, you know, one through eight. Yeah, and, uh, and I've got it right here too. And uh, yes, it's and, it's and it's he says like uh, in, in that you know. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and I, mm-hmm. do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdoms. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. But this is but the beginning of birth pains. Yeah. Didn't we just read this one? Yeah. Yes, yeah. I think we hit this on uh, yeah. an earlier podcast. But yeah. So yeah, Revelation, do you see the echoes? I yeah. see the echoes, but you know, at the time, they you know they must have been bewildered by what he, he was mm-hmm. prophesizing. Because those are all terrifying images. Too. Yeah, absolutely yeah. terrifying. But you know, here they are. What sixty years later? Yeah. And obviously, John is addressing um, a community, a, a scattered church of communities, and they're like. Experiencing problems, we don't know what their problems are, but you know, obviously, some kind their, of their patience is waning. Their patience, they, you know, they're having this faith. They need this faith 
quenching desire to kind of like get back on track. Right. To and a lot of these folks um, are thinking like, well, you know, Christ is coming back. You know, when when's it going to happen? I mean, you know, they thought they thought it was going to be you know something that they would experience in their lifetime. Yeah. And, uh, so, verse eight is the most famous. Um, Verse from the Alpha, the no, no, in Revelation. Oh, Revelation, yes. The Alpha, the Omega verse. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I think we've all heard of that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's used, you know, colloquially. Colloquially. Mm-hmm. So, what do you guys think about that sentence? I'm, I'm struck with the second half. That I'm the Alpha and Omega, says the Lord God, who is, and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. You know, we've always had a, a issue. A lot of Christians have issues with. Well, the tangibleness of, of Christ. I mean, what does it mean that, you know, the is the, I mean, people have had issues with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. What does it all mean? Mm-hmm. What does it mean that he is dead, yet he is still alive? And the whole concept of the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of intangibility with that. Mm-hmm. And, but I think what, what, obviously, what Jesus was trying to say in Mark 13, you know, he's not only saying that all these destruction and things are going to happen, but he also follows it up with be prepared. Watch out. Things are going to happen to you. And he's trying to tell the apostles and, all, and us to be equipped. Be equipped with the word, but also the spirit. You know, when I think about, you know, when people think, well, Jesus is dead. When is he coming back? Well, I think what the gospel is saying is he's already here. He's within us. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, in, in the future, you know, there will be a time where I guess Jesus will walk the earth again in the ends of times, whenever that will be. I don't want to get into the apocalyptic portion of it. But if you truly believe that God is within you and he lives within you, then you don't need to necessarily wait. Um, in other words, you don't have to just sit on sit on your chair and just wait for a miracle to happen or wait for Christ to walk the earth again. And I think that's what John is telling uh, the people here in this letter. It, yeah, if you go further into uh, mm-hmm. Revelations, I mean, it, it just gets wacky and mystical. And and, the, and I think where a lot of people, you know, draw their distaste mm-hmm. or passion, yeah. you know, with that fire and brimstone and, you know, mm-hmm. end, of the, end of days. But I think the, the hard-hitting point of verse 8 is, to me is exactly what you were saying, mm-hmm. is that when you see how how finite this mortal timeline is. You're born, you die. you got some stuff in between. And then you look at God and Christ mm-hmm. and see that they have been, you know, the trans, they're all about history and now and mm-hmm. whatever else, you know, goes forward. It's an eternal realm, a heavenly realm, which John describes what that heavenly realm is, where all the saints are already happy, they already got it together, mm-hmm. you know, not like us, you know, poor mortals who are struggling here. Mm-hmm. What, he's, what he's trying to say is that you need to focus your, your positiveness on things that are not materialistic, that are not about this world, that that may be all that appears to you. You know, you're going through this struggle, you're trying to create this theology, mm-hmm. you know, you're dealt with oppression and sin mm-hmm. and materialism and especially we go, we should, we're probably going to hit on this through the holiday, lots of materialism. Sure. And, um, and people thinking solely in their own selves yeah, and not 
loving their neighbor and not feeling like they have enough. Sure. You know, yeah. and thirsting. But what are they thirsting for? Yeah. And, uh, and it's a spiritual kind of need that's, that's going on. Yeah. What I, you know, when I think about the who is, who was, and who is to come, you know, it's, it's difficult talking about faith to someone who isn't on that mindset of faith. You know, when I talk to people who are agnostic or atheist or whatever. have practical you. answers. But yeah, you know, it's like, <clears throat> I want to see something. I want to feel it. I want to hear yeah. it. I want to, you know, if I can't see it, then how do I know that it's real? Don't tell me something. And, you know, people get deceived all the time. People are hoodwinked all the time. I mean, you know, there's, like I work in the, cons- I work in white collar crimes and we deal with, you know, ID theft and people deceiving people all the time. And, you know, you buy a product and, it does, and it's not there. So it's very difficult for people to to get into the concept of, yes, Christ died. He crucified on the cross, but he still lives. He's still within us. And I think that what, the, you know, um, John, this letter, he's trying to teach, you know, these the people and the churches, you know, these seven churches that, you have to have Christ within you. Mm-hmm. It makes me think about Martin Luther King Jr. You know, I remember when, as a kid, I, I was born in 1969, and King died in 1968. And a lot of people were thinking, well, gee, I guess it's over. I, mean, I guess we can forget about the whole civil rights movement because our leader's gone. The, char- the charismatic voice has left. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. No more marches on Washington. No more, you know, we, we heard his voice. He gave us leadership. He told us what to do. He told us what the next plan is. Now he's, God. he's in heaven and we're here. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they're not the, even though we, know, we may be, you know, like, mm-hmm. um, remain forever sure. on parallel tracks, we're still separated. Yeah. I mean, I would feel well, that way, too. What was the rest of your story? Well, yeah. the rest of my story is there was a time where a lot of African Americans were like, well, I guess they just lost hope. And it took some time, especially for those, uh, those of us in the church, to say, listen, we can't let this thing go. We have to hold on to his words, how he loved God and how he led the movement. I'm talking about Martin Luther King Jr. Through the movement. Now think about today's um, Black Lives Matter and, the, you know, even, you know, what's happening in the church. Even the reclaiming Jesus movement right now, what Bishop Curry and the others are doing, they're still holding on. It may not be so, you know, they may not be per se taking the words of King, but they're still taking that spirit. In other words, you still have to hold on to, you know, the words and, and your faith. You and know, these you people can, are starting to lose their faith because 60 years after the crucifixion, yeah, you know, the, the people who witnessed it are dying. <clears throat> right. Or, you know, maybe you have a young, someone who was a young child at that time. Right. That, that saw that manifestation. And so mm-hmm. they're beginning to get bored. And they want to see the next step. Right. It's as if they don't understand that if you read the word of Christ, Christ can be within you. You know, even Jesus says, I think, I forget what it is, when the apostles were at the water and and they were, they capsized and Jesus walked on the water. And he says, you can do these things too. You know, you are capable of, of doing great things just as I am. You have to have faith. Yeah. To me, this sentence really just speaks to miracle. It's like, these are the miracles that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, the incarnation that, that I was. I, w- I became man mm-hmm. in the in the flesh, and then the is part as ever, as you both are saying, you know, re you know embody Jesus mm-hmm. and and the way that he worked. Yeah, um, love each other. Have you know? So for me, the is is 
Jesus and God are with you right now. Yes. And you should have faith. Yes. Try to discover joy in each day. Pray and listen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try to have a spirit-filled life and embody that love. Believe in miracles because we have shown you miracles and mm-hmm. that there is a miracle yet to come that we are working in your favor towards. Yeah. And, but you have to also work towards. Yeah. And he echoes it in verse 4 of Revelation. Grace and peace to you from him who is and who was uh-huh. and who is to come. And then he keeps on going from the seven spirits. So he yeah, further the, into that, the re-emphasizing. What does Jesus do? He, said, he yeah. explains Jesus loved us, he freed us, and made us servants to his Father. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, look like him. Yes. Made us servants like himself to his, to God the Father. Mm-hmm. So that it, it's there is purpose to mm-hmm. this. Yeah. There's absolute purpose to this. It's not just wailing the end of the world. Yeah. It's much, much more. Yeah. C.S. Lewis used, quotes this sentence a lot in his book of Miracles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think about my grandmother. <clears throat> you know, she, she passed away in 1998, but a part of her still lives in me, you know, as far as how I conduct myself. Sometimes I still hear her words. I still conduct myself to say, hey, she wouldn't like it if I did this or did that or whatever. So a part of her still lives, and I really believe that as Christians— and I believe that's what he's trying to say now. He's got to live inside of you, and you have to understand the concept of a spirit living inside of you, of Jesus living inside of you, even now, you know. And that's where you have this whole dichotomy of, you know, there's a Jesus that walked the earth. There's a Jesus that lives with you now, and there's a Jesus that will walk the earth in the future, where time seems to have, it is, it cannot be, Jesus cannot be held down by time. You know, basically, he's beyond anything that, you know, that these people can really conceive right, of right yeah, now. Yeah, concept of time. Yeah. yeah I, think, I, think of, and I think as the world, I mean, I know as Americans, we're yearning, yearning for this, you know, way to commune with sure. one another. There's so much distress. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's because we see more of it in this day that we live in, and it was always there, or whether, you know, it's just... It's overwhelming to mm-hmm. people. It's yeah. overwhelming. And, uh, and and crisis feels like it's always at hand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, would, I, I see you know, signs in people's yards saying, love thy neighbor, mm-hmm. you know, when I'm driving here. Sure. And, uh, and my biggest question is like, yeah, how? How? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's why we're here, and that's why we're doing what we feel compelled to do. Yeah. It's like I, I heard something this week, the Dalai Lama, so, you know, so I was asking him, well, how do I relieve negativity in my life? And he goes, two things. Don't focus on yourself so much. If you focus on yourself, you're, you're going to end up just thinking a lot of negative things. Mm-hmm. Put your focus away from somebody else. Like, you mean like love thy neighbor? Right. I mean, because when you're loving thy neighbor, you're mm-hmm. kind of not worried about your own problems a little bit. Yeah. yeah. kind of takes it away. takes yeah. a little bit of the pressure off. The other thing he said is like, don't believe what you see. Things are appearances. Appearances are appearances. Focus on what else is beyond just what you see. Yeah. Which is a very good thing, especially in the age of Twitter and Facebook, where, you know, we see these images or we, you know, have to determine. We can't do anything about these images anymore, these horrible things. You know, yeah. people getting tear gas in the world. I mean, it's, this is all we see. This is the appearances. And here, when we're talking about this mystical kind of idea of how, you know, mm-hmm. we kind of believe in this 
eternal realm mm-hmm. of the Alpha, the Omega, the, the, the here, the past, the, the eternity beyond. It's, mm-hmm. it's overwhelming. But if we can focus on that, if we can you know, try and see ourselves as transcending beyond this mortal coil and appearances, mm-hmm. be one less step away from misery. I'm not saying mm-hmm. being good yeah. is easy. Yeah, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Being bad is hard too. But yeah. being good is hard. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it of takes course. it takes effort. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a muscle. It's a muscle that you have to continually flex. I mean, I keep reminding myself as a Christian. Sometimes I can't wait for the answer for someone to give me the answer. Sometimes I have to be the answer. Yeah. Like uh, just a little small tidbit thing. So I work in Austin. I'm waiting for. I'm working with an attorney, and we have to work on these documents that I have to deal with. And I have to wait for direction. I'm like, listen, there are these documents here. It's basically a redacting project. And I'm like, okay, what do I redact? What do I not, what do I not redact? What's discoverable? What's not discoverable? And for a while, she's like, well, I, let me get back to you because i got to whatever. For a while, I had to say, I'll tell you what. I can either sit here and just wait for her to give me the answer. I can just look at this thing, try to figure it out. I'm going to do what I can do right now so that I don't, don't stay idle. And I'll check back when she comes back and says, listen, this is what I did. What do you think? Basically, my, what I'm trying to say is we can wait for the answer. We can wait for someone to give us, you know, to help save us. Like in the age of Trump, <clears throat> people are like, well, we got to wait for someone to get elected. And we need to wait for, you know, <laughs> we need to turn the Senate around. We need to wait for, you know, a new president in 2020. Sometimes we need to be the change. Yeah. yeah. We can protest. We can post things, post positive things. We can contribute. We can donate. If you want to march, I mean, there's a march that's happening in January. But waiting for a change, and that's why I thought about, Blair, bless you. <laughs> that's why I thought about Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., where people were like, oh, the, the leader's gone. Well, who's going to be the next leader? Now what are we going to do? Right. Yeah. Sometimes you have to be the change. And I think Jesus wants us, hey, if we're going to be Christ-like, if we're going to be the way God wants us to be, we have to have him within us, and we have to be the change and make the change that he wants. Yeah. Good reminder. Yeah. Please, please. <laughs> you know, I was looking at this verse, verse 7. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and every, even those who pierced him. And all people on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. But look, he is coming with the clouds like he is coming. And that could be a wonderful thing, but for those who are not... You know, let's say those who don't believe or those who sometimes that could be a sort of a frightening thing. Uh oh, he's coming. Well, it sounds frightening. <laughs> <laughs> I remember as a kid, of course, I wasn't, you know, the most obedient kid, if you can imagine that. But we had steps in our, in our house. I, I remember telling you, Craig, you know, uh, when we had breakfast, that I, I sometimes would dream about the house that I grew up in mm-hmm. because I just have memories, both good and bad. But we had the 19 steps in our house, and every time I hear the st- someone climbing up the steps, I would be like, okay, i got to clean up. <laughs> i got to you know, push stuff underneath the bed and you know, leave no trace. <laughs> it's like, hey, Mom, I'm, you know, everything's great. And I wonder about that analogy with Christ. What if you heard Christ coming? What if Christ were coming up those 19 steps? I mean, would we clean up and, you know, <laughs> was it going to be a lot of people would have to say, Oh crap! I've got 
to stop doing that. Yeah, we weren't expecting guests. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, we want to be motivated by love, but unfortunately, some folks are motivated by fear. So I think revelations, and when I think about how people use revelations, I hear yeah. people use revelations in such a draconian fashion, like, it's the end of the world, and... You know, there are a lot of cults. You know, we talked about cults last week, or actually the week before last. Yeah, the end of times. Yeah, the end of times. And when we talk about revelations, we're not talking about gloom and doom and the end of days and the destruction of the earth. We're talking about the promise that Jesus told us. He's coming. Is that a wonderful promise? Because you can't wait because you've always walked in his light and you've always done what he wants us to do, to love our neighbor. And so, you know, we're welcoming the promise. Or... Are we those kids who are like, oh, I better clean up? <laughs> well, no, I think in, uh, to me, in the context, I mean, you know, John's talking to people who are going through perilous times. I mean, just like we feel like we are right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It doesn't really explain what the crisis is, but it's yeah. definitely, you know, he's calling. Yeah. He's calling and yearning for their faith and yes. saying, that, you know, in, in heaven, all the saints, and everything's happening just the way it should in this, yeah. in this beautiful way. And, Mm-hmm. And uh, we are not experiencing it, and yet we're, you know, where do these two parallel uh, realities yeah. cross? Yeah. I do, I, I do wonder, how it, wouldn't it be a wonderful world if everyone act as if Jesus were coming tomorrow, if everyone heard those? Well, then some people would just go crazy, right? Well, yeah, yeah I guess so. Because not I everyone think. has faith. <laughs> yeah. In Jesus. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I wanted to, um, and I don't want to, if I'm diverting things and whatever, but so there was a guy who uh, traveled to Sentinel Island. I think you heard about the news. And uh, he, I, I do wonder about Christians who are a little overzealous and who wants to do things that they think they hear the word of God. But really, they're only, they're only damaging themselves. I mean, I, I, so there was a guy who traveled to Sentinel Island, which is a place where there are in, indigenous people. And he wanted to deliver the word of God. And many people warned him, like, listen, these are people who have killed people beforehand. I understand you're strong in your faith, but maybe you need to rethink what you're doing. Um, and that's been weighing on my mind. Have you got, did you guys hear about this news? Yeah. 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 I mean, apparently uh, what's also true about this indigenous tribe is that people came before. Yes. This guy, I mean, he wasn't the first guy who came to this island yeah. who was not welcome. Yeah. Uh, people came before to this island and brought people away from them, took people away from the island, mm-hmm. and took them into civilization quotes, air yeah. quotes, yeah. and gave them their diseases and killed them. Yeah. And so the indigenous people said, like, well, that's not going to happen Stay again. away from us. Well, yeah. That's not going to happen again. So the next guy that comes forward, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know. So what happened to this guy? They, well, he died. They killed him. They, they killed, killed him. him. Yeah. How do we know that? For yeah. showing up. Because what he did was he, he came to, so this is an island off the Indian Ocean, and you have to go to travel to India. It's basically a province of India. And uh, India tried to acclimate these people until they were like, you know what, these people can't be acclimated, and we shouldn't acclimate them. So leave them alone. Leave them alone. And we want to protect them by making sure outsiders don't acclimate them, because you can't get onto the island unless you go through India first. Okay. So they con- he contacted the Indian authorities. They were like, hey, listen, I want to travel to Sentinel Island to deliver the word of God. They were like, no, you really shouldn't do that. <laughs> he was like, okay, that's fine. He betrayed them and talked, had some private contractors or whatever to say, hey, listen, can you send me over to the island? And one did, and I think he made one trip. They, of course, threw, you know, spears or whatever at him, shot bows and arrows at him. 
and then and then he moved away, and then he went back. Yeah. And that's when they uh, killed him. Did he so actually even get on the island? He did get on the island. They killed him, and then authorities had to retrieve the body back. Oh. So, so just yeah, let that be a lesson to you. Yeah, <laughs> it's you know I, I don't know. I mean, yeah. you know, no, 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 no. No. It, it makes you feel controversy. Of course, you feel sad sure. for him. You know, and what he was doing was yeah. most likely good. But it's crazy. I've, I've always felt, and I've, and I've had this conversation with. I have a friend of mine in India, and um, her she had a tribe, not the Naga tribe, and they were acclimated by Christianity, but they embraced it. They accepted it. I've always believed that. If you want to speak to someone about Jesus and about Christ and about, you know, and you want to fellowship with them, in my opinion, that's to be someone who wants to be fellowship with. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, that seems so extreme to me, this dude. Yeah. I mean, Mitt Rodney went to France. I don't mm-hmm. think he came, incurred any kind of controversy to him to, to, yeah. to uh, do his ministry or evangelism sure. or whatever yeah. you're supposed to do when yeah. you, you know, when you need to go out and. Yeah. You know, try and recruit people. Yeah. Evangelical, I guess. We sure. Yeah, and I'm sure there are Christians who will debate us like, hey, that's our job. We've got to evangelize everyone. This is a free world. I mean, you know, even Jesus Christ says, listen, you know, you have a choice. You can pick up your cross and follow me or, or not. And uh, there are people who are Muslim. There are people who are Jewish. People who are agnostic, atheist, and you should have the freedom to, to be that way. And there are people who have a culture, and they don't want their culture to be touched. Right. So, if you want to be evangelized, you know, the door's always open, and, you know, <laughs> you can always talk to me. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a new documentary coming out on PBS called Sacred. Yeah. And it's following um, how people all around the world, it's a documentary that's shot all over the world of how people worship. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. Oh, wow. i got to check that out. It's going to be on PBS later this month. Yeah. Everybody's going to look vaguely similar in some way, don't you think? I, I don't know. I kind of hope so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope so. So we'll see. Yeah, yeah. we'll definitely see. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it as well. Yeah, that ought, that ought to be awesome. But I, I would love to hear what folks uh, online think about the whole Sentinel Island thing and also about Revelations and about the whole concept of, you know, uh, the God that is, was, and will be. Especially when, you know, this feels, this feels, I mean, I, I'm sure people have said this all throughout time, but when you open up that book of Revelation, it feels like it's happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you feel the kind of anticipation and like, oh my God, yeah. These, these I just get confused when I read it. You get confused? <laughs> yeah. It, I feel like it's overwhelming. It's a lot. When I read Revelation. A lot of imagery. Isn't yeah. It? It's a lot of images, lots of symbols. It could be interpreted many, many different ways and have been. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think the core of it is that, you know, 1-8 mm-hmm. that, that we've been yeah. talking about. Yeah, chapter 1, verse and 8. That's what we need to remember, that it's all pointing towards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's the foundation. And as we think about this Christmas season as well, mm-hmm. you know, it's a, it's a good time to practice embodiment of Jesus in your life. Absolutely, um, absolutely. And, I, you know, I... I, I was also thinking earlier when I was reading it, and I was kind of making a joke at breakfast that it was like a Christmas carol with the three spirits of Christmas. <laughs> oh, that's right. Past, present, future. Those are the future. lessons. Yeah, yeah. You know, Some of the lessons that you learned in that story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that'll, that'll be a subject matter maybe for uh, the next next podcast, which I think it'll be. It's my be turn that yeah. I'm going to choose. I don't have the verse numbers. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to choose some um, scripture from Luke about the birth of Christ. Oh, that'll be nice. And we'll talk about Ebenezer Scrooge. No. <laughs> no <we won't. laughs> yeah. We'll talk 
about the miracle of the birth. <laughs> That's right, the birth. Yeah. This will be great. So at every Christmas party that we had at Baylor, we would read this verse. Oh, is that right? The beginning oh, of that's the awesome. That's awesome. I love Luke. Luke is hopeful, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And lyrical. Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah. yeah. We'll prepare us for the season. So did everyone, I mean, I mentioned this beforehand, but, you know, since it's not just the three of us, but it's the folks who are listening as well, but everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving? It was yeah. cool. Yeah. It was cool. I had a good one. Very good. Yeah. I had a good one, too. Good. Yeah. Nice friends and mm-hmm. decent food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, do we want to wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. I so. Okay. Who wants to lead us out in prayer? I, I will. Okay. Um, dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for all your goodness and kindness that you um, lead us into by example. Please um, watch out for all the little ones that are being affected, not only at our border, Um, but also those who have been abused that we're seeing in the news, Um, all of the people that are experiencing famine in the Middle East, please lift up their hearts and lift up the hearts of people who can help them and have them reach out. Um, Please walk alongside us during this holiday season so that we can love our neighbors and show mercy and forgiveness and love. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. That's a good one. All right. And here is my blur.